0: This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. Please notice that I did remember. (laughs) And Eric is distributing. (laughs) And perhaps others as well. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. and I assume if you want two, you can have that as well. We did not get very far last Lord's Day evening. I don't know how far we're going to get today. I think we're going to wind up without nearly as much information as we have in uh, this particular document but I will go as quick as I can and I have eliminated a great deal of this information Uh, and because of that, I would urge you to take time to go to thywordistruth.com and read this information and have it in its entirety because it is worthwhile to have in its entirety. What we were talking about at the time was baptism uh, and whether or not baptism was a work as well uh, instead of something that was something that God commanded that we do for us and baptizing us uh, to become Christians. And so we're going to start back into that and get out of it as quickly as we can but give you enough to think about it, at least to an extent. And the question here is, is baptism a part of the saving faith, or is it a work that we would do for ourselves? Well, question, have you ever met anyone who believes they earned their redemption by being baptized now I catch everything in there that they believed earned their redemption would you even think that it would make sense that baptism is something that you do rather Than something that is done to you. Think about it this way. Let me just put it on me. In this connection, first thing I do is I hear. That is active. That's what I did. Next, I believe. What I heard. That's something I did. That's active. I repent, and that's something I did, and that's active. And then I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that's something that I do, and then. I baptize myself. I think I heard somebody laugh. That is not active. That is passive. When I was baptized, that's what somebody did to me and not what I did for myself. And they did for me what God wanted to happen. It's even better for me because it was my daddy at the time. It's just amazing that the folks who are trying to get away from baptism call baptism a work. John 6, verse 29, refers to belief as a work of God but you know what baptism is never called a work in the Bible those who believe they are saved from their sins at their baptism believe that because the Lord said so and they take him At his word. And they trust his word. And that is called trust. Not self-righteousness. If you want to get something on that basis from scripture. Look at Titus chapter 3 verses 4 to 7. And I'll not take the time to read it. But it's very perfect on that. Notice that Paul when he writes to Titus does not link baptism to our works of righteousness which we know do not save but he connects it to the mercy of God and we know that that is something it is the only thing as a matter of fact that is going To save us. Next subject. Those who would do away with baptism connected with salvation argue that baptism in the New Testament parallels circumcision in the Old Testament. And they go to Romans chapter 4, verses 1, and, uh, not 1 and 1, but 11. And it reads, and Abraham. Now, Abraham's not really there. It's just citing him. And it really reads, and he, speaking of Abraham. And he received the sign of circumcision and seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised. That's Romans chapter 4 said and verse 11. How are baptism and circumcision related? Descendants of Abraham and Jacob were not brought into the Old Covenant. Now the Old Covenant is what first came to Abraham. And it came first to Abraham and then Jacob. And they were not brought into the Old Covenant by circumcision. They were physically born into that covenant. And they were circumcised as a sign of their membership in that covenant. Look at Genesis chapter 17 and verse 11. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you those who failed to be circumcised were said to have broken the covenant Genesis 17 verse 14 and the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh for his foreskin that person shall be cut off from his people he has broken my covenant. Thus, they were circumcised to remain under the covenant, not to enter the covenant, as some would claim. In this sense, our baptism does not parallel circumcision under the old covenant, but rather parallels physical Birth under the Old Covenant. Explain. Just as the Jews were physically born into the Old Covenant, we as Christians are spiritually born against the New Covenant. When we are baptized for the remission of our sins. But you ask what about Colossians chapter 2. Verses 11 and 13. Read it. I'm not going to take the time. But it does make a comparison between. A circumcision made without hands. And that passage compares baptism with circumcision to show that our baptism is the moment when sins are put away. We know also about that from Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 because that's where... Paul, but in this he's going back to when he was Saul, was told to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Baptism in the new covenant corresponds to two events in the old covenant. First, it corresponds to physical birth in the old covenant Because we enter the new covenant at our baptism. Second, it corresponds to circumcision because we put off the old man of our baptism and we become a new man and so God proclaims us. Argument number three. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 According to those who would stand away from baptism in connection with salvation believe that Acts 238 should really be read That we are baptized because of the remission of sins, not for the remission of sins. And they make that claim because (coughs) they believe that it just can't be right. There's a man by the name of A.T. Robertson. He is a proclaimer for the uh, folks who believe that, and he wrote, "One will decide the use here." Talk about Acts two thirty-eight, according as he believes that baptism is essential to the remission of sins or not. In other words, it really isn't. That's what he's getting to, and that's what he did get to and what he claimed. Well, the English may have this ambiguity about the meaning of for but there is absolutely no ambiguity in the Greek the Greek word ace three little letters EIS but it's pronounced ace which is translated for such words as into unto, and so forth. Always, get that word, always means with a view to, toward, and never means because of. It always takes the accusative case, which is the case of motion forward or towards. It always means that. Jesus used it one time. Matthew 26 verse 28. For this is my blood of the New Testament. Which is shed for many. For the remission of sins. Now you think Jesus really meant there. I did that and I shed my blood. Because I'd already forgiven sins. I've heard of stupidity but that's a Winner. But that's exactly what they're saying back on Acts chapter 2 and verse 48. Uh, 28, excuse me. No, it's 38, isn't it? I'll get it right in a minute. Romans 10:10. 10, 10, With the heart, man believeth unto, ace, unto righteousness. And with mouth, confession is made unto, ace, unto salvation. They want to get to salvation. And they need to move forward to do it. Even though they've been through hearing, believing, and confessing with their mouth. Some point to Matthew and twelve fourteen talks about the men of Nineveh. And I'll mention it quickly if I can. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. Now. These folks just. Can't believe. That there can be any possibility here that. There's going to be any kind of. God's accepting anything here other than just a little bit but certainly it, it, it certainly not going to get them where they need to be. But the truth is they missed a lot. Number one The word because is in that verse. But it's not the word used for ace. The word for ace is the word at, repented at the preaching of Jonas. It meant that with that they moved forward and they wanted something different. It was waiting for them. And it says that at the end of that. That. At the end of Jonah's preaching. Something greater than Jonah appeared. And happened. Well what was that? It wasn't baptism. Well how in the world do you know it wasn't baptism? Baptism. I know it wasn't baptism because they didn't practice baptism at the time as we do now, or for the reason we do now, because what took place here occurred in around 746 BC. Had nothing to do with what was going on in the time of Jesus Christ and his death and seeking people to become God's children. In Acts 238 Peter asked a good question. When they cried out after they understood that they had sinned and done wrong and they wanted right and they had asked what can we do and you remember i know what you remember that paul that peter said repent and be baptized for the remission of sins and that sort of period paragraph time how would the answer repent and be baptized because your sins have already been forgiven how does that sound i think we've already described it at least i did and i'll not repeat it probably shouldn't have the first time but such is the case number four john 316 oh how they love john 316. Don't you Church of Christ people understand that the word baptism doesn't appear in that verse? Yeah. They'll even go farther and say, well, it's also the same in Acts sixteen thirty-one, Acts two twenty-one, Romans ten thirteen. Well, all that's good. I'm not going to dispute it. But you know what? First, we should pause to note the irony and that is the right word if it's not just a little too light. To note the irony of those who get their understanding about baptism from verses that don't even mention the word while ignoring the many verses that tell them exactly what it is and what it does, how it does it, and what its purpose is, simply because they want to put it away. Also, if our understanding of God's plan of salvation is to be taken from a single verse lifted out of context, then maybe we ought to just pick our own verse like they did, then why not use Acts 27, 31? Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, they cannot be saved. Huh. I guess that means that we are saved by remaining dry because that's exactly what Paul just told them under that particular circumstance. With regard to the Philippian jailer, they like him too, up to a point. Well, you know that he never was baptized before he was saved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Bible tells us that. Oh, does it? Yeah, no way it does. Don't have time to tell you all this story. You probably know most of it. But you know that Paul came, didn't intend to come into uh, uh, Philippia. But bless his heart, he got a call. And it said, you quit going there. And you go over here where I tell you to. Well he's all committed to God and Jesus Christ. And he said yes sir. And so he came over here. And it was the first time. That God's word ever came into Europe. And when they got there. They were put in jail. And there was the jailer. And. Something happened. I think probably done by God. And everything was opened up. And this poor jailer saw everything open up so that everybody who had been in jail could get out and run away. Well, what did they do to jailers who couldn't keep the people in jail? They took them out and they killed them. And there's a good reason to think that when he first asked, oh, what shall I do? That he was trying to save his life and he hadn't heard anything about Jesus yet. But Paul's pretty smart. Not to mention inspired. And lo and behold... If he didn't turn this into something that was really a wonderful thing, when he told this man, tell you what you need to do, you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he spoke with him. He took him home the same night. And there he taught his family. And there he baptized them into Jesus Christ, the first people on that part of the world. in John 3:16 is something that is more than what we usually think about it but the truth of the matter is that the belief in John 3:16 Includes obedience. Consider the immediate context. In John chapter 3. Verses 14 and 15. And Moses lifted up the serpent. In the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's just not drop it. John starts there with Moses, the Old Testament. So let's just go down to Numbers chapter 21 and verse 9. And see what this belief involved. And what we're going to find is that unless the people looked at the serpent, they were ill. And the only way to get well was to get up, get out, and go over to where Moses had prepared that serpent up on a site and then they would be healed. The word believe in John is in place of the word look in numbers. I doubt that anyone in those days was preaching anyone who was preaching that day, all you had to do was believe. That's what they preach these days. What do you mean I have to be saved? I have to look to be saved. All I have to do is believe because it looked that it would be a material Uh, meritorious work by which I would be trying to earn my salvation. Oops. They made a mistake, didn't they? They won't let anybody believe anything like that except on baptism. The logical conclusion of those who believe that baptism is a work, must be that uh, must be that man need no, nothing to be saved. Because if man must do something, then under their definition, the man we've just been talking about was saved by works. And they just cut me off. Well, let me tell you what. I got up here to uh, the fifth section. And it goes all the way back. I think it's to 10. It is back to 10. And I really wanted to leave enough behind that I could get to it because it deals with a sinner's prayer. So let me just fill you with just a couple of things and then two things will happen. One, I will shut my mouth, and two, my wife will tell us it's time to go. But the two things I will tell you is this, and it is the absolute truth, that if I can just find where it is here, couple of things here I guess. Remember that the truth is you, you just can't be saved by praying only. Saul for example later to be Paul prayed for three days before Ananias came over And when he arrived after those three days, he was told to be baptized, wash away, uh, to uh, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and remove his sins. He was never asked to say the prayer Cornelius, we didn't get to him. He prayed every day to God. And when God sent Peter over there, God sent the message. You're not mine. But he told him how to become that, and he did. Nobody in the Bible was ever asked to pray the sinner's prayer and you can read the bible from the first to the very last old testament new testament and you will never ever absolutely not see any comment of the sinner uh, of the sinner's prayer it's not god's baptism for the remission of sins is God's and we must obey it and may we find others who will follow it shall we stand for our closing prayer Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services.